You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. For House of Cars. It's Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to the Pisscast. Welcome to it. Very long one today. Had a pretty good show this morning. I didn't want to cut any of this stuff and then also we spoke to the mayor for a while at the very end of the podcast right. so you'll hear the heritage moment then you'll hear our interview with the mayor mm-hmm. uh, it's 100 days since she took office so we kind of reflect on that and look forward um, what else on the show today a hairstyle Sean has <laughs> learned the new name for it sounds insulting, but it's not but it's not no but it's not no. Uh, I quiz Sean on the imperial system I failed that we talk about uh, something gross that a friend of ours had to deal with when she worked in retail. Something many of us do, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We have some more retail rock songs for you, but first, this was definitely the best the best thing that happened on the air today. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I was visiting my boyfriend in Prince Albert this past weekend, and as you know, we're in a long-distance relationship. And I've decided that I want to do this thing with him where I play the odd innocent prank when I go visit him. And I just think it would be a fun thing to do long distance. And, well, this one I did, it's a bit of a long play. And I don't know if you've even noticed yet. But I bought this license plate cover. And it says, Cowboy Butts Drive Me Nuts on it. So I decided, when he was in the shower this weekend, to put it on his license plate without him knowing. Did you not do this to him once before? We talked about it. But you I never actually did I it? I never did it. Because I remember from, like... I want to say it was like six or seven years ago yeah. that you told me about this idea. And I was like, that's so funny. And then I couldn't get the license plate cover for the longest time. And then it took forever to finally find one. And then I did. <laughs> and I never bothered doing it yet. So this weekend, I finally did it. I brought it with me along with a... I actually had... My screwdriver was taken away going through security because I wanted to have it all ready to go so that I could sneak out without him knowing. And it was too big. So Ma'am, I had what's to... this? You're like, this is, it's for a prank? I was like, okay, look at the license plate cover. See what this is for? Let me have it on the plane. Uh, so yeah, this weekend I did it. He was in the shower, came back, sat down. He had no idea. We drove around for three days <laughs> and it says, cowboy butts drive me nuts on this license plate cover and he didn't notice. And he lives in a place where that would get some look That's where guys why... and trucks would be like, I was so shocked <laughs> No one was driving up beside him, like, I don't know, flipping him the bird or wondering, honking at him. Nobody did anything. So I thought maybe we could we could call him today and let him know that this I'm is the on, case. I'm, I'm on it. Okay. What's his number? It's 306 249 Also, this is his work vehicle I did it on, so he's been going Are you going to get him to go out and look? Hey. Hey, what are you doing? No, not much. Just out on the rink uh, doing some rink boards with Timmy. Uh, I have a quick question for you. 
fire. Do you have any, uh, a couple minutes just to run outside for a second to your car? Yeah, when? Do you want me to do that? Can you do it right now or no? Yeah, hang on a second. I'm actually walking on the ice right now, so I don't want to okay. land on my head. Be careful. Tread lightly. Uh, I'm here with Beckler right now. We're He's on oh. the line as well. Oh, Cliffy. How are you doing, man? Okay. I am uh, I'm leaving the building right as we speak. You should see the amount of snow we got yesterday. I heard about snow the big again. blizzard there, yeah. Okay, what am I looking for? I'm okay. in the car. Okay, if you go to the back of your vehicle... Like the backpack? And go, the... go take a look at your license plate. <laughs> when the freaking hell did you do that? <laughs> you've, you've been you've been driving around. Did you do that? Yes, I did it on the week. You, you've been driving around for five days with that on your license. Can you, can you read out what it says, please? What does it say, Cliff? What does it say? It, it says, Cowboys butts drive me nuts. Well, you said it, man. It's on your car. Oh. How has nobody at work ever pointed that out to her? Oh. You know, I'll bet you every guy that's waved at me lately is probably wearing Wrangler's jeans. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I have a few more submissions for retail rock, Shauna. Okay, bring it. This is the new subgenre of music that we have coined. Um, just the kind of inoffensive music that you're likely, most likely to hear in a grocery store. Yes, yes. Other retail stores as well, but especially the grocery store. Just very vanilla Definitely. Sounding. It was actually, I was in a Lowe's when, when I was inspired by this. Mm-hmm. But a um, bit of retail rock housekeeping first. Um, one of my friends was a bit upset at our classification, though. He said that it's kind of disparaging to call a song retail rock. So you got to be careful what artists you're assigning the label to. Like he's, he said it by our definition, the Rolling Stones could be considered retail rock. And I said, no way. No. They're just way too big. Yes. And I've never heard them in a, in a grocery store. Like that's also what you need to remember. Yeah. And even if you did, I mean, you're more likely to hear them elsewhere yes. than at the grocery store. That would so be I an odd one out. There. No. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we've been looking for like some sort of metric to apply. Like what, you know, like the yacht or not guys, they have the art rock guys have yacht or not. Yeah. So Craig suggested grocery or nursery, which that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's the best we've got so far. It's better than the one I came up with, which is just retail or refail. That's all I thought. Yeah. Of. Yeah. No grocery. No. Yeah. Should we try grocery or nursery okay, out here and just see how it, it feels? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one comes from Amy. God, I still love this song. They're not playing it at high school dances anymore, I don't no, think. So that song was huge at a time, but yeah. yes, it's definitely now fallen into Would we go I'm gonna say gosher. Okay. Yeah. This is from Lisa. Oh god, yeah. Steve Winwood? Holy crap. Grocery? Yeah, that's grocery for sure. There are some stations in town that are straight retail rock, hey? Yeah. Like, you could basically just put that on and it's all retail rock. I listened rock. to a station the other day for the first time in a long time, and I was like, what are you playing? Retail rock. That's what they put. Here's another one from Lisa. Yeah. 
And I love Phil Collins. Wow. But that song. Also, like, Lisa, did, does she just listen to Retail Rock? <laughs> like, you nailed those. Are, I was like, oh, bang on. Bang okay, on. Here are a couple from Daniel. What about that Uncle Cracker jam? Yeah. I. I haven't really heard that per se in a grocery store, but you could see how it's it's you know heading that direction for sure. Here's what I said to Daniel. I don't think that's the most retail rock song Uncle Cracker's ever done. I think it was this one. Yes. See, I would agree with you there. You're like in the electronics department at Walmart waiting for someone to come help you. Yeah. Gosri or no shri? That's that's gosri for sure. BNS in twenty minutes or less. Do you wear a seatbelt in an Uber, Beckler? Not always. No, I'm not okay. good. I'm bad for that. I have to admit, uh, I'm quite bad at that as well. Okay, question. Do you? What about a cab? No. Okay. You don't have. Do I cabs have... even have seatbelts? Oh yeah. Okay. I think some buses don't, but I. Uh, Right. I've joked about this in the past because it's just a regular car. Just because it's a different color or because you, you paid for it doesn't mean that you're any safer in a collision. So And this is why I'm openly admitting this right now because I've I've noticed something about myself. I, I don't tend to wear a seatbelt in an Uber and I don't know why. In a cab I don't know if I ever have, which is embarrassing. And now I found that I'm transferring this behavior the odd time if I'm ripping down the street two minutes away at not putting a seatbelt on if I'm just going down the street like that, mm-hmm. which is awful. Like if I'm if I'm on a long drive, okay, or on the highway, I'm always wearing a seatbelt. But for some reason, now my brain is kind of associating like these short cab and Uber rides with me just ripping down the street, not putting a seatbelt on, and doesn't it's your, all very bad. Doesn't your your car ding at you? Doesn't it like have a not if oh. it's that short? It does after that, and then yes, I'll definitely put it on. But if it's just like the short little bit, it won't. Right? And yeah. I. And my boyfriend called me on it this weekend. I was in the passenger seat, and he was like, when did you become anti-seatbelt? And I was like, oh, my God, I I don't know. But again, we were just going down the street, and I forgot to put it on, and it's a very bad habit that I'm developing. As soon as it starts beeping, I have to put it on because I can't drive with the beeping going. And it it beeps, like, fairly quickly. So there there is really nowhere I can get without a seatbelt on without it beeping at me. So It's just really... And as you said, it's very strange that we we really enforce wearing seatbelts, except when it comes to Ubers and cabs. It seems to not be a thing in our heads that we find as important. Have you you ever been pulled over in an Uber or a cab before? No. No, I haven't either, so. And that's probably why. And the drivers don't enforce it. Well, and this is what's also stupid, is why would you feel more comfortable not wearing a seatbelt with a stranger driving you around? Yeah. Like... (laughs) You, you yeah, think just, you trust yourself more than a random stranger <laughs> whose vehicle you yeah, just got in? You don't know what this guy's been up to. No, you have no idea. No clue. And it's just a Toyota Camry. It's, it's no different than a Toyota Camry that you would drive. No, like because I said, you're... it's an Uber, though. It's magic, <laughs> all right? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. My buddy was telling me this funny story. He said uh, there was his group of friends included this one girl who had dated a couple of the guys at various points. Mm-hmm. I think that happens in friends groups, Definitely, right? You date yep. around and... Then she started doing OnlyFans oh, a little bit yeah. later. And I think many of them probably took a peek at some point. Mm. Um, but one dude must have come home drunk one night, and he decided to search for her OnlyFans account. But instead of the Google search bar, he typed it into his Facebook status. Oh, that classic maneuver. And then posted it, and he didn't realize. Oh. And one of the other guys had to call him in the middle of the night and be like, man, do you know what you did? So it just said, like, oh. his status was her name only fans. Like, 
It's so funny because you hear about that, and I always thought it was kind of just an urban myth, but he actually did he that. He did it. He did it. Oh, yeah. no. Jeez, that's, that's rough. That's that is awful. Uh, tough that's to bounce back good. from that. No. Nope. <laughs> Everyone's going to remember that. Yep. Reminds me of a few years ago, there was a sports writer in Edmonton who tweeted out exactly the type of adult content he was looking for online, what kind of skin flick he was after. It, ex- it was so specific, too. The pickle tickler. Yeah, yeah to 20,000 followers that he had. It oh. said, like, Japanese guy, Japanese guy watches girl and can't resist. And it was like, yikes, man. That is awful. No, How long Twitter? did that stay up for? You know? Well, long enough for many people to get a screenshot of it. And- At that point, you might as well just change your Twitter handle to that. You just <laughs> should own it, okay? Like, just put that, because you're not living that down no. now. As you said, people are getting screenshots. Everybody's going to know you for that and that alone. Is that how you'd handle it? I would. I would just own you do like yeah. I'd start my own TikTok and that would be my my name like everything I would become that guy because you are that guy from that point no matter yep. what you can't and it really sucks because like I mean most people have their thing that they look for right but you yeah. don't tweet it out to people so no I would just my Twitter handle Japanese guy watches girl <laughs> and can't resist <laughs> The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Friend absolutely killed me with this tweet recently. Uh, she, re- she was responding to somebody's tweet about the customer interactions you encountered while working in retail that still haunt you. So this is what she tweeted to respond to this. She said, I worked the fitting room at Zeller's. A lady walked in, pooped in the fitting room, and then moved the poop to another stall in the fitting room to make it look like it wasn't hers. She then came out and told me somebody pooped in there. It was her. She was the only one there. She and moved the poop? I'm still haunted. She moved the poop. First of all, I have I have a few questions about that. Why would you move the poop rather than just maybe beeline it out of the store, okay? Rather than denying it. Because at this point, like, what are you doing? Yeah, why spin this web of lies you after d- what you've done? Yeah, at that point, just like, what are you... When I hear a story like that, I wonder, like, was the woman mentally unwell? Well, I mean, because that's, that's not a normal thing to do. It's not. And that's in that case, that's re- that's really sad. And I, but, I mean, but, the employees still had to deal with it, didn't they? But you had to go right. out of your way so. to move the poop like that is that reminds me of, I mean, the time that the guy pooped in the vending machine at one weekend only. We were hosting one weekend only and we almost couldn't host it again because there was a guy who pooped in the vending machine of the hotel. So when our boss was asking, OK, like, how did things go in the hotel and that kind of thing? And. They're like, well, we don't want you back because somebody pooped in the vending machine. I wasn't here for that. I was. This is before my time. How did they find it? Well, this is. Did I somebody have, order like a cold soda pop, and then it didn't make the bang sound at the bottom? And they're like, dear God. And here's what I want to know. Okay, did the guy actually lift the flap and physically poop inside the vending machine mm. flap? Or it doesn't seem anatomically possible. Right? Or did he poop and then he put it in there? Which I mean is even worse. Like, at least if you just opened the flap and were holding it back and went, and then I was like, at least you don't yeah. have to touch your own poop. But What kind of you... telescopic anus would you need to pull that thing off? Well, I mean, you could angle it a certain way and just <sighs> kind of hover over in the... Be be serious the... here, Sean. I, I, I think I could do it. Be serious. I think now that I think about it, I could, I could do it. Sense. I could fit into that little slot. I mean, not fit in, but you could make it happen. <laughs> I mean, this is why we have... I still I have I, questions. This still haunts me to this day. After I heard about somebody pooping in the vending machine, I'm like, I still can't figure out how that happened. On the topic of your friend's tweet and the Zeller's poop, yeah. I um, I think I've told you this story before, but when I, I worked at a movie theater in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, there was this kid who went to the bathroom and then came running out of the bathroom and without breaking stride, turned and puked 
all the way down. Like he streaked to puke. Oh god! He like it was like it was like three meters long. Yeah. The streak of puke, and then it like ran like the Goosebumps logo down the wall. He had too much so nacho just, cheese, didn't he? Too much nacho That's, cheese. Too much of something in there. Too much soda, soda pop. Too much candy. The nacho cheese nibs. would actually be a good for the Goosebumps logo. There would be ever. a good color, like you know that. The funniest part though is that he came, like his mom brought him back out, and they went into the bathroom, and then so he clearly wasn't feeling good. This kid, mm-hmm. and then she came up to the concession and was like, "Someone puked on your wall." Like, <laughs> and it was like, your son. It was him. Yeah. He did it. We watched it. Yeah, the Goosebumps logo was formed by him. <laughs> VNS in 20 minutes or less. You love your car. Bet you'd love lower interest and lower payments, too. Refinance your auto loan with House of Cars and love the freedom of having more money in your pocket. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. The VNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Shauna, do you remember back in November when the city opened up a contest to name all the snow plows in the city? Yes, and we were so excited because we talked about how they'd done this in Europe before. And Scotland is particularly, I think, right? Yeah, and then we did it here, and it's amazing. Um, the people who submitted names really knocked it out of the park, I think, if you look at the list. I agree. You'll recall that only kids could submit names. And I think it's very clear which names were submitted by kids and which ones had a bit of help from their parents. I was going to so, say, I, I don't think many were actually submitted by kids, but I mean, with the assistance of parents, I suppose, is still valid. So There are some that were definitely from kids, like there's one called Bob. Right, right. There's right. one called Pickle. Okay. Those, and I think those were probably the work of kids, which I really like. Realistically so. I'm I a big fan Pickle. of Pickle. Pickle's wow. awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Pickle is like a nickname for the, the substance that's put down early. Oh, so damn. It, it works on multiple multiple levels yeah. um but then there are some like brinestone Plowboy. like come on that's a home run oh that's a home run is that unbelievable another one of my favorites you're a blizzard harry <laughs> that's there are so many yeah, like princess slaya yeah marta scoop melton john like those and i'm guessing like i doubt some kid in elementary school came up with some of these I right i don't think so no but um this is funny though. There was a comment on the Calgary subreddit on this on this post saying there's no way a kid submitted Gordy Plow as a name. <laughs> well, it may have been a kid who listens to our show because back in November you and I came up with a bunch of different suggestions and we said if these are up for grabs if any kid wants to use them. Yeah. And Gordy Plow was one of mine. Okay. It is it is the name of one of our snow plows now. It's amazing. Yeah. Possible that more than one person arrived at the name Gordy Plow. I was I mean, going to say, there's full a credit. good chance of that, but you never know. I was very disappointed to see that my suggestion of Chairman Plow, spelt P-L-A-O, was not submitted. No, nope. um, uh, I forget what my suggestions were back then, I have to be honest, but... Uh, these ones are unbelievable. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So as you know, my parents just sold their house in Brampton, and that was my childhood home. It was the home that I grew up in and the only home that I ever lived in when I was when Before I was you moved up. away? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and people keep asking me since then, they're like, well, are you going to go back and you know say goodbye to the house before it's actually officially gone? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I, I, I'm kind of torn on that. Because really, what am I going to do? I was, it's expensive to fly back home. So if I go home, all I'm going to do is walk into the house and say bye. Like, that's really long, it. You long way to I mean? go for just that. It does yeah. seem a bit strange. <laughs> but on the other hand, a lot of people are like, well, I mean, you you grew up there. Like, are you going to regret it if you don't go back? And and now I'm kind of questioning. I'm like, I don't know if I should or not. I don't know if, if I will regret it. Well, 
it's funny because in radio, I find it's it's easy to not be sentimental. Like when we move around so much when we first started out in this business, you kind of just have a very minimal amount of things that you take with you. Yep. I don't have sentimental possessions really. No. So you learn to be unattached because you don't have the, the room or the means to keep moving a bunch of stuff around. So yeah. because of that, I don't really see this house as like something that I'm maybe going to be devastated not going and saying goodbye to, but I also don't want to miss the opportunity. Yeah, I I could see if you were closer. Like yeah. you said, that's a long way to go just to like walk in and uh huh. That's there, there she friggin' is, boys. And like, well, that's just it. Like and everybody seems almost in disbelief when I tell them, well, I don't know. They're like, what do you mean you're not gonna go say goodbye? I'm like, it's a house. It's, like, <laughs> it's not gonna say goodbye back. Like it'd be cool if like if I mean if your family was having like if they were getting together to have like a little party, like yeah. one last hurrah in the house, even like an empty house. Right. I think that'd be cool. But yeah. if they're not doing that, yeah, like oh. to just walk in and nod and then yep. walk back out and Cool. Well that what? was it's been fun. It's been fun, boys. Took me five hours to get here. Yep. Yeah. Time to turn around and go back home. B and S in 20 minutes or less. My parents are in Arizona for the rest of the winter, and I was talking to my dad yesterday. It's funny because whenever we've traveled to into the States, or if I'm if he's in the States and I'm talking to him, he switches over to talking about the temperature in Fahrenheit. That's funny. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, how's the weather today? And he actually didn't say this this time. He gave it to me in Celsius, but normally he'll be like, that's supposed to be seventy eight today. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I live in Canada. Mm. Like, I kind of have a ballpark. Me too. But right. I've, it's weird though, because I, you know, I travel to the states fairly often, and I've never bothered to really look into it. But again, I know the ballpark, and so I know I can just switch over to Celsius, flip or, it over on your phone or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Right? Like, so I never find. Yeah. No, I have very little grasp on Fahrenheit. Um, but I've. <laughs> I was making fun of that, and he reminded me that when he went to school, they learned in Fahrenheit. Right. They learned miles in Fahrenheit, and it wasn't until the 70s uh, when Trudeau Sr. brought in the metric system, which my dad still holds against Trudeau Sr. <laughs> it is we, a bit odd. Like, he wishes we hadn't switched over. I kind of do, too. Really? You like the imperial system better? Well, just because, I mean, we're like the U.S. uses... You know Fahrenheit, so what? It just seems annoying that we're different and we have the to switch re- back and forth. But. The rest of the world uses the metric system. I guess so. I guess it's just that we associate far more with the states. So you're we right. We do, and that was my dad's argument too. But I, I said to him, like, how many feet are in a mile? How many yards are in a mile? How many? Like, you can't answer these. Whereas I can tell you, like, I can tell you how many centimeters are in a kilometer. That's right? True. It's a very simple right. calculation. That so, makes a lot more sense that way. Yeah, yeah it's. A, I think it's a far better system, mm-hmm. but. Um, how how well would do you would you say you know imperial? Not very well. At no, all. no. Like, do you know how many pounds are in a kilogram? Nope. Like it's two point two. Oh, okay, I was gonna guess three, but do yeah. you know how tall you are in centimeters? Yeah, a hundred and sixty-two or something like that. I'll take your word for it. That sounds pretty close. Yeah, and only because I I think I recently did that for some reason. I'm five eight, so I think yeah, it's around there. I don't know. How many kilometers in a mile? <laughs> two I think it's 1.6 yeah see I always just kind of round up I'm, I know them all super rough but here's a tough one at what temperature do Fahrenheit and Celsius sort of like meet up at what temperature is the value the same I was going to say 65 but it's no no like what it's 65 Celsius right is, it's minus you're, you're hold on hold on <laughs> Oh, I used to know this. I don't know. Minus 30? It's minus 40. Yeah, ah. you're pretty close. The funniest one to me is like measuring your weight in stone. I know that like was super weird. They do it in some weird. parts of the 
Europe, like in the UK. Yeah. I'm 12 stone. Damn, how big are these stones? I was going to say, those are some big stones. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I learned of a new term yesterday that I find absolutely hilarious. It's a trend in the snowboarding community. And I don't know if you've seen this, Beckler, but women, when they're on the snowboard hill or the, the mountains or wherever they may be, they have a very specific hairstyle. Because, of course, normally you're covered fully in gear mm-hmm. and your, your hair is tucked in your helmet and everything else. But then you get you have two strands of hair right in the front of your face in it, like outside of your helmet. Like I wish people could see because you're doing it to I, me right now. I was now. trying to demonstrate it to you. It's two long strands, kind of like reeds blowing in the wind, right in front, basically to prove, hey, by the way, I do have long hair and I am a woman. I have seen that because you have your, your helmet and your goggles yeah. and your Otherwise, you can't really tell. And, you can't, yeah. and everything's pretty unisex when it comes to snowboarding gear and ski gear. So to just kind of display that you've got some long hair and that you're, you're a girl in there, you put these two long strands at the front. And I learned there's a term for these. They're called slut strands. I have heard that. I yeah. have never heard that term before. It's and fairly derogatory. I do. And it's, I mean. again, it's, it's very clear, even on Urban Dictionary, they're saying you're not a slut if you have those. It's just a term that uh, women have coined for this, this oh, hairstyle. Okay. There is a slut strand society, even a full out website, TikTok, everything else to do with this. And it's all the women who do that with the two little strands of hair. So they're taking the word back. They're taking the word kind back. Of like the slut walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So there you go. Slut strands. And I... I do that all the time. Like, I'll always make sure there's some hair that's peeking out to show that I'm, I don't know, have hair. I'm not sure why I do it. <laughs> I could do it, too. I have long hair. You could. I could rock the strands. You totally could. But that's what I've done for years and years, and I didn't know there was a term for it, and I discovered it yesterday. When you said specific hairstyle that women snowboarders have, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say the two braids. That's the two old. braids. Oh, yeah, because when we, were, when we were growing up, like, yep. we take class ski trips and the girls would all like do their hair like that on the way out i learned how to french braid specifically for snowboarding so that i could have the two braids like that coming down the sides of my face so we're not doing that anymore that was 90s that was 90s now it's just leaving your hair long but it's kind of it's always tucked back or whatever but that's why you have have the the strands the the two fangs coming out interesting side and your interesting your hair so i'm totally doing that the next time i go snowboarding you're one of the few that could yeah (laughs) the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast i have a question okay in movies and tv shows when a character has died and the actor is required to look like a dead body Mm -hmm. sitting perfectly still not breathing how do they do that that's a good question how do they not twitch or breathe at all i mean they probably do, and they have to do it a few different ways and a few different takes. But. Uh, I was going to say, is it camera trickery, or is there a trick the actor uses? Are they going like full Vim Hof and slowing their heart rate to like four beats per second so they I don't look think dead? they go no? quite to that extent. I mean, Hoff? the odd time, you never know, but I don't think it's full Vim Hof, okay. no. I think it's more just that they, they kind of practice it, and then uh, you can probably do some camera trickery, and if they do with Twitch, you probably just, you know break away from that shot but sometimes their eyes are even open like, yeah. how do the eyes not move that's quite a skill i don't think i could do that it's i probably think probably good if you had some practice you think so yeah. I mean, that's just go home funny. and play dead today that's <laughs> you, what you, said, you said practice twice yeah just, is this something they practice this is this is something <laughs> they practice they they go and they try it you know and they go home and, and they they do acting classes do they have acting classes dead body practice i mean i wouldn't be shocked <laughs> honestly you come in and your your aspiring actor partner's 
doing dead body practice. I know your partner. Yeah, yeah. You're you're married to someone and they're an actor, and you come home and you're like, Jesus. Oh, they're doing the dead body thing. Are you again. are you really dead this time? Or? The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. A Calgary Heritage moment. We've seen a boom in recent years in Hollywood blockbusters being filmed in and around the Calgary area, in part due to the affordability of filming here and the recently built studios within Alberta, but also because of the incredible and varied landscapes found in this part of the world. But Calgary has had big stars come here to film in the past, too. One such instance involves Marilyn Monroe, who came here to film the 1954 blockbuster The River of No Return. Marilyn actually arrived at the Calgary airport in 1953, an airport that was fairly new at the time and had no security or even fences for that matter. Calgarians had caught wind of Monroe's arrival and when she touched down, they were flocking to the tarmac and driving right up to the plane, mobbing her as she tried to disembark. While this was going on, there were two other actors inside the terminal at the time, Robert Mitchum and Shelley Winters. Mitchum was amusing himself by pouring coffee inside the terminal for unassuming patrons. Meanwhile, Shelley Winters was actually mad at Moreau at the time. Apparently a fan, not knowing who these two actors were, informed them that Marilyn Monroe was out on the tarmac, to which Shelley Winters responded, Well, as far as I'm concerned, that bitch can stay out there for as long as possible. <laughs> Spicy. During Marilyn's time here, she was introduced to many of the sites around Banff, where the film was primarily shot, but she was also taken on a tour of Calgary one day. She was escorted into town and actually wound up at a Stampeders practice at the old Mawada Stadium. Monroe was apparently homesick at the time, and to remedy that, they introduced her to famous Stampeder Sugarfoot Anderson, who was an actor himself who'd already appeared in some of his own Hollywood movies. Sugarfoot and Marilyn knew many of the same people, so the idea was that Marilyn could have somebody to relate to and with whom to reminisce about home. The two talked at length and a fairly famous photograph was taken of them, with Marilyn in what appears to be a classic Hudson's Bay jacket. Very Canadian indeed. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. Today is the 100-day milestone for Calgary's new city council, which we elected back in October. Today also marks 100 days in office for Mayor Jody Gondek, who's on the phone this morning. Um, how are you feeling, Mayor Gondek, 100 days into your first term here? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm disappointed with Punxsutawney Phil telling us we have six more weeks of winter, but otherwise good. Oh, I totally forgot about that, actually. <laughs> That's it is Groundhog Day. It is Groundhog <laughs> Day. Um, so your communications advisor mentioned that uh, if you're not listening to the news, you're listening to X929 and even dared to say this may be your favorite radio station. Mayor Gondek, will you go on record saying that X929 is in fact your favorite radio station? I will go on record saying that I very much enjoy Black Hole Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, Mayor Gondek, that didn't quite answer the question. No. It came so close, though, didn't it? That was a very democratic answer. Thanks for that. <laughs> when, you, when you look back at your first 100 days here so far, are there points that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, I would have to say that this council has done some pretty amazing work in terms of taking care of people in positions of vulnerability. We committed dollars in our budget to ensure that folks who are unhoused are receiving as much support as possible. Uh, we also made a financial commitment to the purchase of land for an Indigenous gathering place. And we demonstrated that we are serious about our commitment to climate action. And uh, we are in step now with our partners in the energy sector looking to a pathway to net zero by 2050. I was going to say, what has the response been from the oil industry when it comes to your uh, commitment to climate 
Well, we had, um, I guess, what we would call an energy leaders breakfast, if we need to put a label on it, uh, the day that we were doing the debate on the climate declaration. And we had CEOs and senior leaders from various energy companies in the room with us. And our message was quite simple. As a municipal government, we have not clearly demonstrated the type of commitment that other sectors have. And so this was our step to say, you know, we believe in the things that you are doing in a path towards sustainability. And we are on that journey with you. And it was very well received. So those are your high points. Have, have there been any missteps along the way here? Well, I would say that any time you can't find a solution to an incredibly complex problem, um, it's disappointing. Um, one that was particularly troubling for us, and I think a lot of us lost a lot of sleep, is the situation around our transit stations and what was happening with people who are unhoused in positions of vulnerability There were a lot of um, acts of violence perpetrated against them in those stations. There were a lot of disturbances that were problematic for transit users. And those rolling closures were really a tough decision to make, but we did it in the safety of Calgarians. Do you think that, you know, the situation with our transit stations, I mean, we've seen some violence in the last couple months here uh, in, in a number of occasions. Do you think that has an effect on the future of the Green Line at all? or at least the city's perception of the Green Line? I think what we're seeing is a situation where COVID and the prolonged uh, financial downturn is really wreaking havoc on us. Um, But I do believe that there's optimism on the horizon. I think things will get better. I think with transit, you have to understand that it takes a while to plan a line, and it takes a while to make sure that you build out a strong LRT network we will not be taking our eyes off the uh, ultimate goal on the Green Line because Calgarians need and deserve that north-south rapid transit spine. Um, as for the arena deal, uh, that of course is no longer a thing, was that in part because of the increase in construction costs that we're witnessing? Is that maybe why the Flames maybe didn't want to put in that extra money? Well, I would say that with the event center deal, when it was renegotiated in July of 2021, there was concern that if one partner was taking on all cost overruns and those cost overruns became unbearable, that was a heavy burden. And I will not speak on behalf of Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation because that would be inappropriate. But I can tell you that we're seeing cost overruns on projects like the Green Line. So I wouldn't doubt that they were in a very tenuous financial position with um, supply chain and logistics issues and construction costs rising. It's, it seemed like, you know, the 10 or $13 million for solar panels and sidewalks was a drop in the bucket compared to what they may have been facing. And as you said, the increase in construction costs over the last little while. Yeah, you know, those costs that were related to um, any of the climate mitigation and roadways that comes with a development permit approval, that was something that we were in conversation with. Our administration had uh, figured out a way to cover some of those costs on roadway improvements. Um, I had offered to find granting dollars for the solar work. Um, Ultimately, I just think it was a deal that worked at the time it was struck. And I would go back to July of uh, 2019 or 2020. I can't remember exactly when it was that we did that one. Um, But changes in the economy and changes now with COVID have really made it untenable. Are you actively pursuing new new partners in in that deal or or what's the next step for that is it just kind of completely dead in the water now you know it's a really good question what we determined as a council in a unanimous vote 
is that we would carry forward looking at what an entertainment and culture district should look like. What should the components be that would make it successful? And I think it's that process that allows us to do a proper master plan of everything that should be included, which would also involve an event center that's going to show us what type of partnerships we need to strike. So that's something that we will hear more about on the 8th of March. That's the decision we made. The 8th of March. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mayor Gondek, last month you made a push for Calgary to contribute to the legal fund against Bill 21 in Quebec. And that's the very controversial law banning the wearing of religious symbols for public employees. And I made no bones about it on this show that I, I thought that was an inappropriate use of city funds. Is that still something that you would like to see happen? So the decision that came to council, the thing that we actually voted on, was to determine how we would contribute that 100000 We didn't actually vote to do it from uh, the city's own budget. And that is a project that's been taken on by two, or sorry, three councillors, councillors uh, Meehan, Councillor Thaliwal, and Spencer, who have gone out to engage with the community and figure out how those funds get raised. And more importantly, how do we pursue the mission of anti-racism in our own city while we're helping out others? So down the road, there still could be a contribution to that fund, but you're saying it wouldn't come from the city coffers, it would come from fundraising? The direction right now is not to take it from the city. It could be a matter of it coming back for that type of a recommendation, but we've gone to the community first. To your point, um, we are listening to people like you and people who are leaders in anti-racist organizations to get their perspective and then we'll make a decision. We were talking on the show recently about how things seem to be humming a little more downtown, and even the airports seem a bit busier with guys heading up north. Have you seen signs of oil rebounding in the city, and what is that looking like right now? Well, it's not just about oil rebounding. We are very happy that we are seeing oil prices go up. That is a better situation than what we've had in some time. So the sector that we've relied on so heavily is looking stronger than it has in the past. I would add to that that we are seeing a lot of activity in tech and innovation, and we're seeing companies like Neo Financial taking over significant square footage downtown. Uh, We saw an announcement from our federal government, um, an investment of $3 million in the Clean Energy Transition Center located in downtown Calgary. So the signs are good. We have also been um, framed as one of the top five cities for clean tech in North America. So people are are sitting up and taking an interest in us. On the topic of downtown, there was an article last week, and I'm drawing a blank on the exact location of the building, but vacant office space being turned into affordable housing units. What what role is the city playing in that, and is there plans for more of that in the future to to bring more life into downtown? Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a home space building downtown, and it was an office to residential conversion. It is going to house families and also act as an emergency shelter and provide the supports and networks that um, people who are escaping positions of domestic violence or being unhoused um, need to be successful. It was interesting to be in that building because if you look at the floor, you can see the shadows of the cubicles that used to be there for the Hmm. office. And if you look up, you can see the steel beam coming out to frame what that residential unit will look like. And it's projects like that that are now tangible and people can see and touch that are encouraging more members of the private sector to try to do the same. Are there some more projects like that on the horizon that you've you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, an initiative called the Rapid. It's called the Rapid Housing Initiative. It's from the federal government, and the city of Calgary also contributes dollars to that 
to ensure that these types of affordable housing projects can happen. We also, as a city, invested $100 million in an incentive program to allow uh, conversions of this nature to happen. So we're very interested in making sure that downtown is a place that people can live as well as work and do all kinds of other things. We're speaking with Mayor Jody Gondek on her 100th day as mayor. Uh, you, you touched just a moment ago on you know the toll that COVID has taken on all of us. And yesterday in his address, Premier Kenny mentioned that we could see the loosening of some restrictions this month, maybe the loosening of widespread restrictions next month. Is that something the city would support? Or is there any plan to keep certain restrictions, like, say, masking in place longer than the province might advise? Oh, you know what? The fact that it's Groundhog Day makes this question an interesting one. <laughs> We've been down this road before. We have, you know, heard the provincial government say, you know, we're open for summer. Let's go. And we know what the consequences were. So we remain cautious. Um, We are very optimistic that we are at the end of this thing, but we're going to let the science and the data dictate what we need to do. Um, There's always a possibility that the provincial government feels they need to lift things for whatever reason, but the science doesn't support it. And that will put us back into a debate at council about whether we go along with what's happening or whether we do something different. And I can tell you, this thing is so unpredictable. I have no idea what's going to happen. What, what's the biggest thing we need to work on as a city going forward? I would say our reputation and our brand. I think we have been um, stereotyped and labeled as something that we are not. We are the third most diverse city in Canada. We are a city that has a very diverse economy. We are a city that is affordable and beautiful. And I think we have not been telling our story well. So if there's one thing that I'm very interested in doing, it is being a brand ambassador with other leaders in Calgary to demonstrate to people who we are and why you should come here to locate your business and to raise your family. On that point, we couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, we are not all cowboys and rednecks like some people might think. This is a really great place to live. Um, Absolutely. What are you you most excited about in the next few months? Oh, wow. I would say that um, the report that's going to come back to us identifying where a proper spot for an Indigenous gathering place would be is something I'm, I'm very excited about. I think the fact that we are now speaking the language of confluence and talking about, you know, which land is most representative and important to Indigenous people is something we should have been doing a long time ago. So that's one project I'm looking forward to hearing about. And I guess on a nerdy side, um, our strategic plan will be um, discussed and approved over the next couple of months. And that's going to drive our budget, the four-year budget that we're setting in November. Uh, it's a silly question. What's your favorite Olympic sport? Are you going to be watching any Olympics as it kicks off today? <laughs> yeah, I do plan to watch the Olympics. And you know what? I don't know that I have a favorite. Um, I do enjoy watching whatever's happening. You know, we've we've all been big fans of hockey during the Olympics. Um, you know, there's some new stuff going on. Snowboarding is always exciting to watch. So, yeah. Know, all of it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, um, well, I'm disappointed that we couldn't get you to cop to X being your favorite radio station. No, but I'm a little we, bit sad about that. But <laughs> we certainly appreciate the, the rest of your responses today and your time this morning, Mayor Gondek. Well, thanks so much for having me on and have a great day. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I just wanted to say that I think it's awesome. That, and one of the reasons why I love re-listening to you guys is that you don't pussyfoot around topics when it comes down to potentially being called out. Like, just with the interview with Gonda there, 
talking about the funding for that bill in Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Like you straight up said, my opinion was I didn't agree, yet you're still willing to go to the topic. Well, I, I, I don't want to like deceive her, you know, like I was very, if she does listen to the station and if any of her friends do whatever, like I was very outspoken about that. So I don't want to like have well, the conversation or false sorts of topics and I think it's great. Yeah. We try to be honest and we try to be forthcoming and we don't want to deceive anybody like that. So, yeah. um, no, and it's, it's nice because you guys speak the truth and you're, your own feelings so well, the, I, I, I mean just, i appreciate that of you guys the other thing i find about this station is we have you know um educated listeners so if you don't and you just lob oh, softballs the whole yeah. time people are gonna be like what are you doing right like people still criticize sometimes that we don't grill course, them harder yeah. but it's like you know we are still an fm music well, station right it's, we it's, aren't... yeah the fine line for sure but you have to this isn't frost you're not a news station you're yeah, you're still an FM radio station. Yeah, you're not yeah. the news trying to grind for that one unknown piece of fact that you can throw in their face. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're. I mean, oh, we, we we want we could be entertaining, but we want to ask like questions of substance too. So mm. yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. We appreciate awesome. that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. You guys have a great day. You've been listening to the BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast for House of Cars until January fifteenth. Enter to have House of Cars wipe out your debt for free, no strings attached. Visit HouseOfCarsCalgary.com. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X ninety two nine Monday through Friday six to ten a.m. Mountain Time at X ninety two nine.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.